0: We have developed speed but we have shut ourselves in machinery that gives abundance has left us in want we think too much and feel too little more than machinery we need humanity we know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat as if that's the way it's supposed to be we know things are bad worse than bad they're crazy
1: Ireland, the great and powerful oz knows
0: why
2: you've got to say i'm a human being god damn it my life has value you have meddled with the primal
0: forces of nature don't give yourselves to brutes men who despise you enslave you who regiment your lives tell you what to do what to think or what to feel who drill you diet you treat you like cattle use you as cannon fodder don't give yourselves to these unnatural men Machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. Yeah,
1: thank you.
0: You're beautiful. I love you. Yes. You're beautiful. Thank
3: you. Aha. It's showtime. And now. Reality Rants with Jason Burmes And who
1: loves you? And who do you love? Good morning, everybody. This is Reality Rants. I am Jason Burmes It is brought to you by RedVoiceMedia.com. The second hour always premium over at RedVoiceMedia.com slash Jason or slash uncensored. Find it both places and you're probably going to want to go uncensored today because there are a plethora of videos that, once again, I will not be able to show on the first hour of the broadcast that we have on YouTube. If you joined me last night for what was supposed to be mixed martial mindset, but really ended up being more of a breakdown of the Grammys and uh, the Pfizer situation, and really it's beyond Pfizer, it is that we are a captured populace. We are now beholden to large companies that clearly do not have our best interests at heart, that want to be directly involved in not only our day to day lives, but our very biology. And no one seems to be calling them out on their unaccountability on a multitude of levels. So, you know, you watched that video yesterday. And although I touched on the "quote-unquote" Satanism aspect of it, and uh, the ritualistic aspect of it, and I'm going to hint at that a little bit more today, and what that actually means, and what that actually is, um, we really focused on the Bernaysian tools, the very pretty, holly weird appearance of this program that gets people like my alter ego johnny nonsense to just sit there and applaud and want to be part of this thing okay so we're still going to have a lot of the stuff that i didn't cover last night i think we didn't go over about seven or eight uh more pfizer commercials that we will watch during the broadcast we went over to the uncensored end for the SNL sketch that I didn't hear about anywhere and literally is putting it in your face where, again, I want to be really careful just to not cue any keywords, But the joke is that let's just say you want to get sick and you can order um, uh, test results that make you sick and that way you can just get away from everybody and it's a big joke. It's a big joke and they even say it feels different now doesn't it yeah it feels really different because we're three and a half years now down a very real nightmare that still in many places in the world and in some parts of our life there's no end in sight none so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna lead in with one of the reasons, and again, this is a story we covered on this show a couple weeks back. Whenever I see a mass shooting, okay, whenever I see an incident where a parent uh, kills their children, their whole family, and a murder-suicide, male or female, the first, the first thing that I begin to question is what, guys. What kind of pharmaceutical medications was this person on? That's number one. Numero uno. I don't ask if they've had a history of domestic abuse. You know why? Because the vast majority of people that even have a history of domestic abuse, when it's one of these things where it's it's like you kill everybody and then you try to kill yourself, um, that's not what that is. Usually it, it's a, the kids um, are not involved in that unless again you add that layer of uh, these medications and psychotropic drugs that are advertised constantly on television, in magazines while you're scrolling on all the little apps. They don't get They don't get banned on social media. They're a mega money machine. A mega money machine. Doesn't matter which one you talk about, okay? And, and that's why you know I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna try not to get emotional because it just really it turns my stomach every time I have to talk about this. And then I have to look at pictures of the kids that got murdered by their mother. And, and it, it, this should be front page everywhere. This is this is what they should be harping on uh, instead of that murder murder trial. And look, do I think? It's a tragic event when uh, a father allegedly kills his wife and his child. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Whoa, 100%. But in that case, you know, it's it's the, well, they were a wealthy family. And, well, his son had killed somebody else in an accident. He was disliked. It's something that can be on a true crime podcast. Ooh. Has some kind of a appeal. Yeah, is my audio low? I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm trying. My uh, I'll try to turn it up a little bit right there. Um, I'm gonna have to reset my uh my audio codecs apparently. So yeah, audio is a little low. All right, well uh, that's a lot of you guys said that. Sorry, Jeez, we went seven whole minutes with some some low audio. That is my fault. Well, hopefully, uh, I guess we'll have to. We'll have to do some tech stuff. It is reality rants here. So let's look at this. So a woman, um, 32 years old gets gets diagnosed with postpartum depression. Now look, I'm not saying that uh that it's easy and that medications should not be used in some cases. When um, somebody has some type of depression or mental illness, I think that they should be used sparsely. And when they are used, they should be uh, used in a very serious manner. In other words, there's some gravity to that. I don't think they should be, again, advertised on any um, sort of popular media, period. That's not where they belong if they're medicine, right? And especially if they're not day-to-day medicine, But they're medicine that needs to be prescribed by a physician. Okay? Okay, I'm glad that's better. So, let's just read this. What drugs was this woman killed her children, three children, strangled them to death, and then ended up trying to kill herself. And we're not going to play the audio. But I'm going to, you know... I'm going to read this. This is what she was Medicaid with from October to January. This is two months. Two months. Reddington says that between October and January, Clancy was prescribed a dozen medications. Zolpidem, which is sold under the brand name Ambien. Uh, uh, Clonzepam, which is sold under the brand name Klonopin. Diazepam which is sold under the brand name Valium, uh, Fluoxetine, which is sold under the brand name Prozac, uh, lamotrigine, which is sold under the brand name Lamictal, lorazepam, which is sold under the brand name Ativan, uh, Miratabzan, which is sold under the brand name Remeron, uh, Quatipolin uh, Fumarate, which is sold under the brand name Seracol, and Trazodone. Now you look at those kids right there. Is anyone going to prison other than that mother for those kids' deaths? You know, best-case scenario, sometime down the line, there'll be some kind of a new lawsuit against these companies, and there'll be money paid out, and NDA signed, and that's disgusting to me. That is That should disturb everybody. We are captured. We are a captured society. You know, just yesterday, just yesterday, you know, to even flip it out on its head. And who knows what kind of medications this person's on. But I was scrolling um, through my feed and I uh, happened across, uh, let's just say, uh, a sibling of somebody that I grew up with. You, you know, I, I know this person, I know this person's family, I've known this person since I was 12 years old. And uh, I'll admit, um, definitely had some issues, uh, socially and, um, you know, that family certainly had issues with their mental health at times. That's all I'm going to say. I'm, I don't, I don't want to get crazy with it. they I read that they're talking about like their fifth grade age, you know, just out of being a toddler child changing up their medications. And I'm like, what are you doing to your kid? Let your child be a child. All right. Unless we're talking about some kind of physical allergic reactions, or we're talking about asthma medication, or, you know, there's a glucose issue, like real issue, not we have them on new medication because of their behavior. Yeah, first of all, I I do believe, number one, genetically, although we are a representation of our lineage, of our parents in particular, but a lot generationally can be honed in there. I do believe that we are given uh, a sentient consciousness, a uniqueness that also stems into that. All right. And, And that's all that is with your kid. That's what that is. And it may not always be comfortable and it may not always be easy, but you can damn well be sure that it isn't even a last resort that I would put my child on some kind of psychotropic uh, medication. That's insanity. You know, uh, we, uh, and that's, what's crazy to me because as a society, again, I I know I got the grades and I'm a little bit older. And maybe some of the younger generation doesn't remember this, but m- what used to happen as parents, right, what you were encouraged to do societally, if something like this was going on, let's find an outlet for this kid. You know, if you, you had a physically aggressive kid that was getting in fights in school or getting in fights with others in the family, you, you try to uh, perhaps get that energy out in karate or get them into wrestling. Right? Something of a physical activity. If there was some kind of um, maybe feeling blue and depressed because there wasn't a social unit for that kid and they were quiet, but they were excelling at something, you know else, educationally, you would get them what? an instrument. You'd get them into some kind of a, a club, you know a, a back in the day chess club or it was really typing most of the time or coding with computers depending on how old you were things of that nature we're just getting kids together you know on on the old 486 to play some doom right and even i mean you you had those things and and that's kind of how you had your outlet and it wasn't supposed to be easy but now we are constantly being pushed into this society where everything is easy and we're going to take care of you. And the other thing I want to talk about Pfizer before I, uh, I move on, and we'll come back to Pfizer and, and these commercials, because again, if you didn't see last night's broadcast, I think it's a really important one. And we went over a lot of the Bernaysian propaganda period. But I mean, it's, and it's still going on. I mean, I, I got a CNN ad that I might play before the Pfizer ads. And then this thing is globally. So it's not just Pfizer in the United States. No, it's Pfizer everywhere. Okay. And by that, you know, Pfizer is in bed with CBS, Paramount, Viacom. It's all the same thing. I mean, they're they're these mega corporations. And I'm just going to say this. Just like I was telling you, it's a big joke to these guys. Big old joke. Okay? <laughs> big joke with the SNL sketch and e- even how these people act behind the scenes and what they think of you. I, I saw this and it was something that I definitely uh, thought we had we had to at least address. So as anybody knows in a big production like the Grammys or anything, they rehearse. And obviously, um, <laughs> you know, CBS, Knows what they're going to be showing on television. All right. Now you can see here that the little the little devil horn hat is on, and we got the little ritual thing going on, but everybody's in there. I mean, it's just crazy to me that you're just passing off what appears to be an overweight, middle-aged man that resembles a plumber as, as the new hot sex symbol Satan thing. It's kind of again, it's cartoon level but these people know what they're doing because a guy like this is going to jump on it because he wants his career to continue and flourish and to feed off all the depravity that comes with that. CBS loves the depravity. You can say that again. We are ready to worship. So again, you know, is that cute? Is that funny? I I, I don't know if that's cute or funny to me personally. Because let's take it on its face. All right. Let's say you're a total atheist. You don't believe in any kind of spirituality. I mean, you're Big Bang all the way. Science. Sci- we love the science. Primordial ooze, evolution of apes, the whole down the line main narrative. You don't even have a consciousness, really. You know, from, from whence the ground you came over and done, that's it. Now I'm a big believer in, you get one shot at the title, and this, this is your run, at least on this planet. But I always talk about a spiritual aspect of this, okay? But even if you don't believe that, think about it for a second. In all the TV shows and all the movies, and all the fables, and everything you were essentially taught early on, especially in my age range, or younger, or I'm sorry, older. Is it younger? I'm not so sure anymore. There were good guys, and there were bad guys, all right, on all fictitious stories, and the representation of bad were the devil and hell, okay? over time that shifted somewhat it's been parodied i for instance i love it's my favorite musical of all time south park bigger longer uncut 1999 revolutionary satan has a huge role in it and satan's like a sympathetic character but he's still the villain he's still the villain i mean he's on the ss manhandler he's singing up there He's in an an abusive relationship with Saddam Hussein. There's a lot of hilarity. There's a lot of hilarity. Later on, uh, there's an episode where he takes on Man Bear Pig, and, you know, the kids are basically surrounding him. It's, you know, it's very just like supposed to be taboo. And why is it supposed to be taboo? Because all of these things growing up were, were the representation of bad and evil. So again, even if you don't buy into any of it, just the fact that large media corporations and pharmaceutical corporations alike are just like, there it is. Hey, oh, hey, oh how you like that? That's huge. I mean, you, you literally have a performance that, you know, CBS ends, Um, you know, after you know, you have your trans movement in there as well, because uh, Sam Smith, again, non binary, he's not a he or a she. He's got men dressed up like women, some of them may, may be post operative uh, transsexuals, very possible through the whole thing. But it ends with them putting him down into hell after he's talking about doing unholy things, and it's
4: brought to you by Pfizer.
1: Brought to you by Pfizer, and, and again. The mainstream is going to love this because they love, at this point, just just mocking people. They love the divisiveness. They knew this was going to be divisive, obviously. And you're, you're just going to swallow it, right? You, you're supposed to think a company that comes on after that, that promotes that, is here to help. I, I, you know, for those that haven't seen it, maybe we should just play that last little bit. OK, so we we'll, we will. We'll play that last little bit right here. And, you know, not, not a lot of the music behind. But I mean, literally, you know, and the guy at least singing. So you have the other like outer ritual demons that plant him down into hell. And then you got like, again, the BDSM kind of devil thing. Everybody's draped in red and black. Hey, CBS presents the Grammys brought to you by Pfizer. It's just a big laugh. Really. It's a bit and then and then once again, you can't make this up. You know, they're 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 out. Let's get ready. We're ready to worship. I mean, what are you worshiping? I it's even the idea set to me is over the top. Okay. I'm gonna transition a little bit. We're going to come back to those uh, Pfizer commercials, uh, more than likely be hitting a lot of those in the second hour because, again, there's only certain things you can still say uh, on the YouTube platform. I will say this. If you just want to listen, but it's it's not as good vi- unless you see visually. But, you know, you might want to listen. There's some nice piano music in all of them, and you can imagine what the messages are. They get, they get put out there. Uh, you can always listen for free over at the Info Warrior on PodBean. And that is always free every single day live. And then every day you get the premium broadcast from two weeks ago goes free over at redvoicemedia.com slash Jason. Just scroll down, which is awesome that they do that. Remember, you can support me. It's 10 bucks a month or it's 100 bucks for the year. Again, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason gets you in there. And then uh, uh, we're on Rockfin right now. We also put up a lot of the uh, making sense of the madness and then uh, the second hours from a couple weeks back over on Rockfin as well. Okay. I think this story is important because I'm seeing a a new narrative being built around a lot of uh, suspect incidents that involve power supplies in this country, okay, and power plants in this country and then you have this global narrative that we're using too much power at the same time power is going up in price in a lot of places and the power they want you to use is now being replaced and openly regulated through smart meters and now what's being discussed with uh 15-minute cities so The idea that out of nowhere, all of a sudden, instead of just the cyber attacks that we've been warned of, right, and this green ecosystem that we need to be a part of, and really green doesn't mean green, just like sustainability doesn't really mean sustainability, just like your carbon footprint means, no, we want to regiment every aspect of your life, okay? Is that I was watching Rachel Maddow. Last night, because again, I torture myself. I watch everybody and I'm not reading into one narrative. I want to hear what everybody has to say. I want to hear what the top stories are, what the spin is everywhere. And they were discussing this latest power plant attack that I hadn't seen. Okay. And now that's apparently white supremacist neo-Nazis that are attacking power supplies So, they could kick off a civil race war. The most absurd, obscene, ludicrous, mad idea that there would be individuals without some kind of federal or intelligence involvement provoking them to do so, that that would be an idea. And I watched this thing, and they went all the way back to like 1983. And they started talking about the Turner Diaries, okay? And I got a, a queasy feeling in my so- stomach because I'm like, man, n- neo-Nazis and power plants, is just like over the years we've been told that these um, domestic terrorists, these white supremacists, if you will, are gonna be teaming up with Al-Qaeda to bring down the United States. So you have these perfect storms Uh, You have these narratives being set. Again, white, think about that. White supremacy and neo-Nazis now want to knock out the power in the United States. What kind of hysteria is that? I mean, seriously, what kind of hysteria is that? So I'm going to play this clip, not of Rachel Maddow, because I couldn't find it. And it's just, it blows my mind. They're sitting there talking about white supremacy and domestic terrorists. And it's Rachel Maddow talking to, like, you know, a 30-something-year-old blonde woman, you know, done up in full makeup. You have these two ultra-white women just being like, white supremacy, neo-Nazis, race war. Ooh. So we'll give it a little bit of flavor because I saw the the Mehdi Hassan guy had done the same exact story. And, And these people read from a script and it's all race-based. Hey, I've got news for everyone. This is a global system they're bringing in, okay? And they want every single part of you, mind, body, and soul. In the next couple of clips, I'm gonna very, very much demonstrate that, okay? But first, what I wanna do is I wanna play this clip uh, of Mehdi Hassan And now it's the neo-Nazis are gonna shut off our power uh, to start a race war. This is the new narrative. I know it sounds cartoon level, but it's what they're bringing in.
5: Good evening from Washington, DC. I'm Mehdi Hassan sitting in for my good friend, Chris Hayes. For years, terrorism was seen as a problem within Islam, a threat from Muslims, an issue that people who look like me with names like mine had to explain, condemn, and apologize for.
1: So, so, you know, that's the irony. Explain, condemn, and apologize for. Now, for some reason, he acts like that was wrong, and it was, and it was, and he's exploiting that, but he wants to do the same exact thing to white people, and we don't get into race here, not much, except for when it's being used and exploited like this, because there's one race to this guy. It's the human damn race, all right? And it is absurd to think, you know, whoever this is, American extremism, that power plant attacks are now racially motivated. But that's what this guy's going to tell you. We had a war
5: on terror. Yeah, Muslim terror, 9-11, obviously, and Al-Qaeda, and then ISIS. And yet the truth is that between 1994 and 2020, there were nearly 900 terrorist attacks and plots here in the United States, and the majority of them were perpetrated not by Muslims, but by right-wing terrorists.
1: So let's just stop. That Those are absurd, made-up, inflated numbers from a broadened definition of quote-unquote terrorism brought to you, okay, by what? The Patriot Act? Homeland security, a complicit media, fusion centers, local legislation. Do you really believe? All right. First of all, they go pre 9-11 here. I want to make that very clear. They go pre 9-11. There are intelligence aspects all over McVeigh. They invoked McVeigh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that he'll invoke McVeigh just like Maddow did because it's part of the script. Right. It's part of the ethos of this whole facade and narrative. Now, you you talk about the 93 World Trade Center bombing, which they didn't stop. stop, And it was an FBI asset. Ahmed Salam that built the bomb under FBI and DEA supervision. That's not disputed. Look into it. Look into John Anticef. We've played it here on the program numerous times we won't do it again watch invisible empire and new world order to find think about that number think about that number think about how many setups you've seen we've covered them here where it's the fbi on the inside that's doing this that's basically taking advantage of poor people that will do things for money and then rebranding it terrorism and now it's right-wing terrorists right-wing Mehdi Hassan
5: and white supremacists and that brings me to tonight's news of a new alleged far-right terror plot to quote completely destroy the city of Baltimore it is a terrifying story that involves a neo-nazi yes a neo-nazi accused of planning a terror attack in America in
1: the year 2023 you know I talk about this a lot also, you know, the idea that there are neo-Nazis roaming around everywhere under every bed and every closet coming to get you is the same idea that there's a transgender person everywhere on every block around every corner in every neighborhood. I want you to think about this for a second when you, again, and I've made this analogy, about transgender people, when you go into an airport, into a crowded area, when you are in a, uh, even in, and most of these are metropolitan or large city areas. When you're on a bus, when you're on a train, how many neo-Nazis do you see? Oh, Jason, they're hiding it. These neo-Nazis are undercover. Are Are they? Just like how many transgender people do you see? How many neo-Nazis are in your neighborhood, are in your town, county, city, state. Where are they? Well, apparently the ones that exist are ready to blow up power plants and the infrastructure to take out Baltimore and attempt at a race war. It sounds absurd on its face,
5: His name is Brandon Russell. He is a 27-year-old Florida resident who was released from federal prison in August of 2021. In 2017, Russell was charged with and pleaded guilty to multiple counts of bomb making. That came after police discovered neo-Nazi paraphernalia, a framed photo of Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber, and and explosive material in his home. At that time, Russell admitted to subscribing to national socialist or Nazi beliefs, And told officials that he had started his own local national socialist group called the Atomwaffen.
1: Now, my question is, right out of the gates, is this kid a federal asset? Or is he just a dupe? Or is he just, I mean, he's got a framed picture of Timothy McVeigh? Cartoon level! Cartoon cutout level! And then they're telling you they already knew that he was making bombs, but he's out on the streets. Yeah, okay. Can we get some thumbs up? Can we get 100 thumbs up over on YouTube? Rumble, that helps too. Get the comments outside of just the live chat, guys, and share this information with others. Let's continue with Mehdi Hassan.
5: According to the Southern Poverty Law Center, the Atomwaffen is a terroristic neo-Nazi organization with the main aim of ushering in the collapse of civilization. So a white ethnostate or whites only utopia
1: can be constructed in its wake. You got a lot of people telling you about the white only utopia, Uh, seriously. I'm, I'm right now, I'm reflecting, I'm going back in time and I'm trying to think how many people have approached me about a white utopia. After some kind of a uh, a civil race war in this country, like actually approached me and said something. And, and I would say you know, there's a possibility of maybe like one or two times while I was involved in the loose change thing and I was at a large event. And you would want to disrupt 9-11 truth with holograms and flat earth and bigots. And maybe you would have somebody coming in there uh, talking about racial supremacy, et cetera, et cetera, saying those things. But never, not one time in my entire life of 43 years, have I been at a mall kiosk or a restaurant or in the grocery store, and all of a sudden started having a conversation with somebody who was promoting the idea of a white utopia. It's Johnny nonsense. It's over the top. It is cartoon level. Is there anybody in the, in the crowd over here that can honestly say they have ever been approached by an individual talking like this was a reality in any way, shape or form? Anyone.
5: Back in 2017, Russell and the Atomwaffen were planning an attack on Florida infrastructure, including power lines, as well as a nuclear power plant. That is, according to a fellow member of the group. And last year, less than a year after his release from prison, the FBI says that Russell started up similar plans, again, using an alias on an encrypted messaging app. Russell encouraged an FBI source to carry out attacks against critical
1: infrastructure. So again, we know that we've got an FBI source involved. We know that he was using encrypted message software. I, I keep telling people it's not encrypted. <laughs> I mean, it may be more encrypted than others, and perhaps your metadata isn't getting out there in some way. Uh, but th- these people literally, just on its face, have a screen cap technology where they can already tell you every single keystroke that you've made so in other words every touch on your phone every single one all the photos you have taken for social media that you didn't use all that stuff doesn't matter your signal your telegram etc etc no they got it they got it all right so let's continue with this absurd farce
5: He specifically encouraged the source to attack electrical substations and provided guidance on how to cause maximum damage, as well as telling him to read a white supremacist publication that provided instructions on how to attack critical infrastructure. In January, Russell asked the FBI source to collaborate with a Maryland-based woman to carry out the attacks. That woman then made contact with the source, telling him that she's a felon and asking him to purchase a rifle for her. Near the end of January, in a phone call, she listed the five substations she planned to target and described how there was a ring around Baltimore, and if they hit a number of them all in the same day, they would completely destroy this whole city.
1: So, you know what, let's look at this on its face. So far, I've got two people that are kind of involved in this. Some felon woman and some Florida whatever, and I don't know if meth is involved right? I don't know if these people are crackheads. I have no clue. But it seems from the get-go that there's no real threat. This person can't even purchase a rifle. They're taking down the substations. They're taking down the nuclear plants. What what kind of fantasy land are we, are we living in here? We're living in the Mehdi Hassan fantasy land. That's the one.
5: FBI officials identified this Maryland woman as 34-year-old Sarah Clendaniel and provided this photo of her clad in tactical
1: gear with a swastika on her chest, armed with multiple weapons, too. You know what? so weird. They'll talk about swastikas on this woman's chest. But when you see that kind of symbolism and others like it, I don't know, in a place far yonder, say Ukraine, completely ignored by this network completely ignored (laughs) they
5: also obtained a document they believe to be written by her referencing the unabomber and hitler
1: oh i mean they got the whole roundup unabomber hitler mcveigh top notch i mean they probably throw satan in there but he's getting a revamp he's backed by cbs viacom and and pfizer now so we we've you know, if there was any of that devil stuff, we'll forget about it. We're not going to report on it. We're gonna, we're just gonna go with Hitler, uh, McVeigh. I mean, and, and the Unabomber. Today, federal
5: officials announced that they had arrested both Clen Daniel and Russell, who they called racially or
1: ethnically motivated extremists.
3: As alleged in the complaint,
1: Sarah Beth Clen Daniel and Brandon Russell conspired to inflict maximum harm on the power grid a key component of our critical infrastructure. The accused were not just talking, but taking steps to fulfill their threats and further their extremist goals. How much, I mean, when it comes out later on, how much do you want to uh, bet that it was the FBI sources inside, the informants inside, that came up with the idea to hit the power plants? Do you, do you think uh, that this what was, it, they say he's 24 years old and the felon uh, girl in the, in the tactical skull gear were like, this is it, we know what to do. Doubtful, doubtful. Russell provided instructions and location information. He described attacking the power transformers as the greatest thing somebody can do. In her own words, Clint Daniels said she was determined to do this. She added,
5: it would lay this city to waste. Shocking stuff.
1: Russell and Clint Daniels. Shocking stuff. A couple of mid-20s nobodies that had no way to carry out their plans that couldn't even get a rifle. Shocking stuff. What? No. Again, it's shocking to me that this network have they covered the story we talked about of the woman killing her three children on 12 different types of medication? Is that anywhere? That's shocking. Cuz it's not just happening, you know, once a year. That's wild.
5: They were both charged with conspiracy to damage an energy facility and could face 20 years in prison if they are convicted. The FBI says that the pair acted alone, but this is part of a worrying trend as physical threats to the U.S. power grid jumped 77% last year to an all-time high. Now, I think it is important to note that the right has been demonizing the majority black city of Baltimore for a long time.
1: News to me news to me again the right i this is red voice media we're not about right or left we're about right and wrong okay but i, I don't know and you want you want to know <laughs> when i think baltimore do i know my last conversation about baltimore all right my last conversation about baltimore was in regards to the new 30 for 30 ESPN documentary that I was commenting, Uh, it's the Bad Boys of Baltimore, that I thought, first of all, um, I I don't really watch football and uh, there's a lot of sports that I don't watch that I actually like watching the documentary films. As a documentary filmmaker, as somebody who's just kind of also still into uh, pop culture, behind the scenes, I always find that stuff fascinating. And I was actually discussing how um, I really liked the way that it was shot. These interviews are kind of close up and you're looking down into a camera and it's only almost like a 45 degree, a little bit wide angle. Neat. That's what I'm talking about via Baltimore. Nobody jumped into my conversation from there uh, on the right wing and tried to demonize it. All right. You know, if you want to talk about cities that uh, the conservatives or the right wing are talking about, and they should be talking about because it shouldn't just be, it's not just the right wing, by the way. It's people that live there, even the left wing. Uh, Those cities would include Chicago and San Francisco. Baltimore is not one for discussion. You know, if I'm going to go way back into pop culture again, what else reminds me of Baltimore other than the Orioles and baseball and Cal Ripken? Uh, It would have to be uh, Rock, and not The Rock, but there was an old show, which actually happened to be a black family that I used to watch on Fox called Rock. I think he was a garbage man, you know, and he wasn't treated like the idiot. He had some respect in the home. You know, novel times. Not that That's what I think of what I think Baltimore. Now, at the same time, am I culturally aware that if I'm in a – rough neighborhood in Baltimore. Maybe I want to be careful. Yeah, but if I'm in a rough neighborhood in any metropolitan city, whether it's uh, D.C. or Detroit or Philadelphia or New York, I could continue. Heads up. But again, this narrative, racial, 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 right wing, right right wing, white, 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 white. And at the same time, we should be worried as a society that something could happen to our power grid and they could blame it on a couple kids like this okay so let's continue
5: on we've heard it from the leader of the republican party and from the most popular host on their propaganda tv channel
2: you look at our inner cities our inner cities are, are a horrible mess i mean i watched baltimore i have many many friends in baltimore we're just talking about baltimore look at what a disaster baltimore is whatever you do don't go to baltimore It's one of the worst places in the Western Hemisphere. It's a little bit of Haiti in the Mid-Atlantic. And that brings me to the more important
1: point. So again, uh, you know, uh, Tucker saying that, that's the tuck. And uh, certainly allowed to have that opinion. So you took Tucker and President Trump. And again, I I think you're allowed to be critical of these cities, especially uh, when they have... listen when I walk through some of these cities, it's not like walking through them 10, 15 years ago. And it's, let me, let me lay it down like this. You know, there's almost a legend surrounding how crazy New York was in the seventies and the eighties. And being a little kid in the mid to late eighties, I do remember New York being wild, wild. But then Later on in the 90s and especially into the 2000s, I saw a, a vast change, very visual, you know, and I'm, I'm never going to be a guy that holds water for Giuliani. But there was there was a big difference. There's a big change. OK, and I've been to some of these cities at their best, and now some of them are, are literally at their worst. Well, one of the measurements when I'm on the road and i'm staying in a region in a city or a suburban area outside of the city for instance that was just in nashville tennessee nashville pretty all right I, i got i haven't had a negative uh view of what's going on in nashville pretty well put together when you start to see things degrade and fall apart you can kind of measure it by how many people are in medians begging for money with big signs that that's that's huge obviously, uh, the cleanliness of the downtown area. And then when you're really, you know, getting into the, the bad parts, you're talking about a homeless population, right? Like when I'm in DC, uh, it, it's a given to me, if I'm walking around for any decent amount of time, an hour or two, I'm going to see some kind of an, a homeless enclave, which is very sad. You're certainly going to see individuals, uh, in benches and park areas that have set up shop. That's a given. And, and that's one of the things that makes me not love DC as a place. Don't love the fact that uh, they, you know, they've kept the totalitarian wall around the Capitol, by the way, that you're no longer allowed to visit. I think the state of the Union's coming up. Just fence it off, wall it off. We're a third world country now because the white supremacists apparently are going to turn off the power. According to Mehdi Hassan. I mean, come on. Let's continue. Let's wrap this one up.
5: The modern Republican Party is in denial about the threat from right wing and white supremacist terrorism. Tucker Carlson has called white supremacy, quote, a hoax. After a white nationalist killed 51 people at two mosques in New Zealand in 2019, Donald Trump downplayed the problem, claiming it was just a small group of people. And of course, we cannot forget Charlottesville in twenty.
1: 20- yeah. Um, A a guy right there um, who interviewed me, I think, six to nine months before that, the crying Nazi, um, who really started getting into the racist aspects of all this stuff because uh, allegedly his girlfriend left him uh, for a black man and then he started to hit the weights. You know, this is a guy that was just like posing as uh, kind of like a libertarian. And you got a bunch of losers with tiki torches. This is it. These guys, that guy, that's the boogeyman. It's a joke. It's a bad joke, okay? It's a bad joke.
5: 2017 when neo-Nazis chanted Jews will not replace us and other Nazi slogans. And this was the then president's reaction.
2: You had a group on one side that was bad and you had a group on the other side that was also very violent.
1: So. Once again, he's discussing the next day. He had already spoken out against the white supremacists, but they keep repeating this lie, all right, period. This lie that somehow Trump endorses white supremacy. Oh, And and look, again, not holding water for Donald Trump, but I remember watching that in full in 2017. And then what the media played up, And it was a total inversion of reality. A total inversion of reality. Um, You know, because we've got our last 10 minutes, uh, I do have this important clip of uh, Claire Daly talking about freeing Julian Assange. And I, I think it's important to play it on this end because we need a free press. We need somebody to do the document dumps. What we've got right now with the muskernuts and others, that's not good enough. Okay, especially with Twitter, you know, dump all the files, dump all the files, stop prosecuting journalists. Under the Trump administration, they continued the prosecution of Julian Assange, something that we have to keep in mind. Uh, So with that being said, let's go to.
6: I'd just like to maybe start by thanking Sabrina in particular and Cinque Stella for uh, spearheading this event which is one of a number of events around the case of Julian. This one centred on the Sakharov Prize and it's so good to see so many representatives from the political groups. It is really very important and all are very welcome. I want to start by making the point that 12 years ago in June of 2010 Julian was in the same building as we are now And he was here to speak about his work on WikiLeaks and the Icelandic Modern Media Initiative at a conference hosted by ALDE, which is now the Renew Group in the European Parliament. And during the time when he was here, as part of his speech, he observed that he had walked past the Sakharov Prize dedicated and named after Andrei Sakharov. Now, Sakharov was, of course, a nuclear physicist who was instrumental in the Soviet Union achieving thermonuclear um, weapons. And much like his counterpart, Robert Oppenheimer in the US, he was profoundly changed by the moral and political gravity of his inventions and the desperate implications of nuclear war and became absolutely convinced of the need for peace and dedicated the rest of his life to peace activism. That made him a dissident in the Soviet Union, resulting in his persecution. And the European Parliament every year gives a prize in his name for freedom of thought. And I just want to read out some of the remarks that Assange made 12 years ago in a meeting room very much like this one. And he pointed out that Sakharov and many others are the victims of what he called totalitarian in Russia. But he said, it's not just Russia. And he went on to say, and it's quite prophetic and scary when you hear these words now 12 years on. He said, we should understand where Andrei Sakharov came from in an ideological sense and why he is there. Of course, the man was a genuine hero. However, during the Cold War, there was an uneasy alliance between liberals and war hawks, between liberals trying to keep the best values of the European enlightenment, between the press who wanted liberation for their own domestic affairs, and between those who wanted a moral stick to beat the Soviet Union. He said that produced in an ideological and political sense the poster of Andrei Sakharov in this very building. He went on to say, that uneasy alliance is now gone. This is 12 years ago. The alliance between liberals and conservatives to push freedom of expression is gone. And that's why all around the world in different ways, it's being wound back because authoritarianism, whether it's institutional or whether it's state-based, is not a friend of freedom of expression. It's inherently opposed to it. And so now we have a fight on our hands. And he was absolutely right. We had a fight in our hands because the threats to freedom of expression that he identified in 2010 have only become more profound in the intervening uh, years we are again in the teeth of a desperate global conflict between geopolitical power blocks much like the cold war and much like the cold war our current situation is at risk of escalating into a global war uh really in which Sak- sakharov and oppenheimer's weapons might actually even be finally unleashed so working for peace is more important now than it ever was but unlike the cold war as julian said the free alliance of liberals and conservatives have gone We've lost our way. Uh, Liberals are just as likely now to demand censorship of those who think differently, very good at uh, protecting the plight of foreign dissidents, but are quite happy to dismiss dissent at home as disinformation. So freedom of of, uh, speech is under attack in Russia for sure, but it's also under attack here in the European Union. And defending that, no one exemplifies that more than Julian Assange. Like Sakharov, Julian Assange was also a physicist in a past life. He was a student at the School of Physics in Melbourne University. Like Sakharov, he was a dissident in his own hemisphere. But unlike Sakharov, the invention that Assange gave to the world is not a weapon of war. It was a massive weapon of peace. WikiLeaks, his life's work was meticulously engineered to defend the fundamental principles of journalism in holding power to account. He built WikiLeaks at a time when the traditional institutions of journalism were spectacularly failing to hold Western governments to account to restrain the lies that had started the war in Iraq. And as Assange famously said, if wars can be started by lies, then peace can be started by the truth. And WikiLeaks almost immediately put to the test, exposing the United States and its allies role in Afghanistan and Iraq. He didn't flinch at that test. He upheld the central responsibility of a journalist. He published without fear or favor and aimed to hold those in power to account. And it is for that and nothing else that he is being persecuted at the moment in plain sight by the United States government. What was unthinkable 12 years ago when the Guardian, Der Spiegel, the New York Times, everybody was publishing WikiLeaks. The ALDE Group were hosting him and fetting him here as a hero. And look at the situation now 12 years on. Estella said this is not just a case about freedom of expression in the United States or in Europe, it's a global case. The effects of WikiLeaks work were not just felt in Europe or North America, but genuinely absolutely everywhere from Ireland to Haiti to Bulgaria, Ecuador, Brazil, Afghanistan, Tunisia, Egypt, every country that had a US embassy or a US base. So if the US can charge a journalist anywhere in the world with espionage and use extradition law to grab them, that establishes universal jurisdiction. It is a direct assault on the ability of ordinary people, the whole world over, to organise together, to seek justice and to work and forge for peace and mutual respect and cooperation that is so desperately needed in our time. So we do have, as we leave here and as we assemble here, a grave responsibility to the world and to future generations to give everything that we have for Assange's freedom. And in light of all that, it's totally right that he is a candidate for the Sakharov Prize. He's shown more than many of the beneficiaries of it, I'd have to be honest, but that's a separate matter, Uh, exemplary adherence to the principle of freedom of thought. He's made an immense contribution to the defence of human rights and the cause of peace and his suffering, as has been so heartbreakingly outlined for that stance. No outcome would be better than giving him a prize. Uh, It could really uh, put things on centre stage and I really urge everybody to get behind it but not just that but all of the activities in the coming weeks to save Julian's life to defend his legacy and actually to save freedom of thought and expression in the European Union and the world
1: I mean spot on spot on I you know I'm sorry about the music that they played in the middle of the clip I didn't see the clip anywhere else I didn't you know usually I I stop those clips but I mean from the fact that she took it from a a historical perspective of nuclear warfare. We often talk about that age, the Manhattan Project, post-World War II, right, born, classified, into Assange and why he's so important and how freedom of speech is now full-blown under attack globally, along with Assange himself, so important. Had to be said. Nailed it. Nailed it. And really, I care less about the awards. The real outcome is to ensure that this person is not extradited to the United States in a show trial that will put the final nail in the coffin of exposing monsters, no matter how egregious, disturbing, disgusting, destructive their actions. Big issues. Okay. I've got so many other clips on the side. We are going to be highlighting some of the uh, Pfizer clips in particular that I did not get to last night. If you were watching last night and you want to come over, remember you can listen to everything over at the InfoWarrior Podbean. But I'm going to tell the producer to clock it over to the the premiumredvoicemedia.com. Slash Jason, as I say goodbye one at a time to each of you. Rockfin, I love you guys. You are the bomb diggity. And by the way, Rockfin and Rumble got the uncensored version of last night's broadcast. If you were watching on YouTube, we had to cut it short before we went to the SNL parody. We'll see you later. Um, Twitter, you know the drill. We'll use you. But uh, I don't know. Should I buy a blue checkmark, Twitter? That's a good question. I haven't bought one yet. Maybe we do it. Rumble, thanks for being there. We need an alternative. And then, of course, YouTube, Arrivederci. Okay. We'll hold a minute until I get that magical text. And before I get to Pfizer, there are a couple uh, UN clips that I want to play. And those UN clips are really... Number one, the idea that you know you think you're being censored now when it comes to the COVID 1984 nightmare, the hate and lie shots, elections, etc. They want to take it to the next level with their climate crisis, bullshit, 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 bullshizzle. Okay, and then they want to brag about how they're going to be involved in every single aspect of your life. You cannot make this up, and they want to hack your brain. Okay, but first. Well, let's let's start with this universal declaration that if you're not behind our climate propaganda, okay, we need to censor you.
2: We'll call for action from everyone with influence on the spread of means and disinformation on the internet. Governments, regulators, policymakers, technology companies, the media, civil society. Civil society. We're calling on
1: everyone. This is all encompassing. This is a huge power grab.
2: That's what this is. Stop the hate. Set up strong guardrails. Be accountable for language that causes harm. Stop the hate. Be accountable for
1: language that causes harm. Are you listening? This
2: is the takeover. And as part of my report or common agenda, We are convening all stakeholders around the code of conduct for information integrity on digital platforms. The the stakeholders,
1: oh, and a code of conduct on information, oh, especially surrounding the climate crisis and their sustainability projects. Uh, they're, They're so out in the open. It's hard, it's hard for me to understand Why, you know, it's a guy like me that constantly has to harp on this stuff. When it's common sense, when this guy uh, oozes, oozes authoritarianism. You know, it's not even a good facade. It's a
2: joke. It's a bad one. And we will also further strengthen our focus on how mis- and disinformation are impacting progress on global issues, including the climate crisis. You can't. Impact their
1: global issues that include the climate crisis. Do you understand? Do you get it? They're telling you we're going to collude with everybody. We're going to include civil society. And if you're not part of civil society, you're probably a bigot. You're probably a white supremacist. You're probably a domestic terrorist. Right? I mean, I. This thing is accelerating like a locomotive. Every part of their absurd, obscene, inverted to reality agenda. It's right here. All right. So we played uh, a lot of these uh, Pfizer clips, and we're going to get to them. But first, I want to show you how the World Economic Forum Davos 2023 wants to
2: hack your brain. First off, a video. Uh, it's gonna make you see the future and understand a wonderful future where we can use brainwaves to fight crime, be more productive.
1: It's a wonderful future of pre-crime and minority-report style living. And find love. That's Find wolf. love,
4: yeah. <laughs> you're in the zone. Even you can't believe how productive you've been. Your memo is finished, your inbox is under control, and you're feeling sharper than you have in a decade. Sensing your joy, your playlist shifts to your favorite song, sending chills up your spine as the music begins to play. You glance at the program running in the background on your computer screen and notice a now familiar sight that appears whenever you're overloaded with pleasure. Your theta brainwave activity decreasing. Could you take a quick look at my brain data? Anything to worry about? Your mind starts to wander to the-
1: Isn't it awesome that you'll be able to talk to AI through your brain patterns after it has all your brain data?
4: Because we all know that you know AI is numero uno. New colleague on your team, whom you know you shouldn't be daydreaming about given the policy against intra-office romance. But you can't help fantasizing just a little. But then you start to worry that your boss will notice your amorous feelings when she checks your brain activity and shift your attention back to the present. Again, you're not.
1: <laughs> you're not allowed to be a human being in the office. I mean, we've already discouraged those type of relationships that are completely inappropriate in the workplace, anyway. Right? That was a that was a big gag on uh, uh on South Park when we all know that so many people that have had long-term relationships, guess where they met work? They met at work. But no, you can't have those uh, thoughts. And now if you do have those thoughts, um, (laughs) your boss is gonna be privy to your most personal data to get you back on task.
4: You breathe a sigh of relief when the email she sends you later that day Congratulates you on your brain metrics from the past quarter, awesome. which have earned you another performance bonus. You yay! I think good. Yay! I got a
1: bonus for the way I think at work. Woohoo!
4: <laughs> you head home, jamming to the music, with your work issued brain-sensing earbuds still in. When you arrive at work the next day a somber cloud has fallen over the office. Along with emails, text messages, and GPS location data, the government has subpoenaed employees' brainwave data from the past year. They have compelling evidence that one of your coworkers has committed massive wire fraud. Now, they're looking for his co-conspirators. You discover they are looking for synchronized brain activity between your coworker and the people he has been working with. While you know you're innocent of any crime, you've been secretly working with him on a new startup venture. Shaking, you remove your earbuds.
1: I mean, I should go find the rest of that. How crazy is that? The government is coming and seized your brain data. You've got a bonus for thinking the right way. This is the crap that they put out there at the World Economic Forum in 2023. This is this year. This is one of those things I haven't covered yet. Wild. Wild. But, hey, we're in a post-truth world. We're full-on Bernaysian Productions. And uh, now we will play some Pfizer commercials, how Pfizer is the new normal. You get it? Pfizer is the new normal. Maybe it's another
2: refill at your favorite diner or waiting for the 712 bus or Sunday afternoon in the produce aisle. These moments may not seem remarkable, but at Pfizer, protecting the regular routine in every day drives us to reach for exceptional. Working to impact hundreds of millions of lives, young and old, it's what we call
1: the pursuit of normal.
6: It starts the better things,
1: better things. So, again, Bernaysian Productions are here. Everything looks really pretty. Everything you do on a daily basis is because of Pfizer, because Pfizer loves you. Without Pfizer, none of these things are possible. You can't get a haircut. You can't swing on a tire. You can't wait at a bus stop. You can't hug your loved ones without Pfizer. Pfizer is the normal. Okay? Next Pfizer commercial. Let's go on down the line and see if we can actually bang these out.
0: Peaceful state, full plate. Wait, are you my blind date?
2: Dancing crew, a trip for two. Now the final interview, buy or lease. Masterpiece, inside joke. Artichoke, Game with Doug, brand new mug. Give me a kid, give me a hug. The more you wanna do, the more we wanna do. Boosters designed for COVID-19 variants are now available.
1: So, you know, again, Without your booster, and you know, as they throw in the line dancing at the end, especially, they want to get that Midwest crowd. They want to get that crowd that, that may not have got the first or second or third or fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth or ninth, tenth, right? Everything. And, you know, right before that, what do they throw on? Oh, grandma with her grand grandson or granddaughter. It's all because of Pfizer. Because Pfizer loves you. Pfizer loves you. Okay. So this is how much they love you. I, I want to show you some of the more localized commercials. Then we're going to dip back. Okay, we're going to dip back to Pfizer. Because uh, there, there were several commercials yesterday that we did play, um, several that we didn't. Although I feel like we should also play uh, the uh, the one with the celebrities again, where they're all just like holding the virus. And they're telling you, oh, I'm, I'm in big trouble if I'm not boosted. I've got diabetes. Ooh, no, I'm old. I've got depression. All these things are bad. If I don't have my boosty, it's like what? What planet are we living on? So, um, actually, oh. let's 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 go to this one here before we go to the localized commercials. Here's yet another, uh, Pfizer loves you ad. And you know, Pfizer. I mean, again, Pfizer's here for us. They love us.
7: Open. It's a beautiful word neighborhoods, open businesses,
8: open fields, open. Who doesn't love open offices,
7: homes, stages, possibilities, your world open. And you can help keep it that way.
1: I mean, come on. And this is part of a government-run Operation Warp Speed Emergency Use Authorization Military Psychological Biological Warfare Program on you. And they're sponsoring satanic worship openly. (laughs) Ha ha, funny, funny. In your face. In your face. i said said i'd go to the localized commercials but i think that we need to hammer home some more of uh the the national pfizer spots before we go to the localized commercials we'll get there they're unsettling they're upsetting okay
0: this isn't just a story about science but also good old-fashioned will and grit what we do when the chips are down how adversity is best met with creativity and kindness as we at Pfizer strive to impact hundreds of millions of lives young and old this is about more than a pa-
1: oh i don't know as much as i hated the mass anybody that tro- tried to hit me with their with their elbow i said you shake your my hand like a man you shake my hand like a man oh yeah like a man jason oh, you chauvinistic bastard like, like, no, I wanted, I wanted that right there with the, with the, what the girls are doing there. At least a high five or a hand slap. I want to shake your hand.
0: Endemic. It's the story of how.
1: Again, how absurd. You're still in a mask and you're all hugging. And how many shots have you taken?
0: How we all pull together.
1: Just, I mean. Uh, with, again, without Pfizer, you can't line dance. You can't play soccer. You can't go to a game. You can't do anything without Pfizer. Pfizer is the new normal. These were the two spots that you had for uh, uh, basketball and football, right? We didn't play this one. Here's yet another one of these Pfizer spots. Then we're going to go back to the Pfizer spot with the celebrities and then do the AstraZeneca spot with uh, Jeff Bridges, and then we'll go to the localized spots. That's what we'll do.
5: Al club, llegamos. Nuevos colores, probamos. A la playa,
2: vamos. Vacaciones a la vista.
6: Modernista. Segunda entrevista. pura elegancia. Tu de esperanza. Abundancia.
8: Shopping. Mi pasión. nuestra es es mi canción.
6: Dame un apretón. Mientras más quieres tú hacer, más queremos hacer nosotros. Los refuerzos para ayudar a proteger contra las variantes de COVID-19 ya están disponibles.
1: So there's the karaoke instead of the line dancing. A little more uh, popular with the Latino community, apparently. But again, reusing footage, global program, global. In conjunction with that, that UN monster over there, that if you oppose their agenda of hate and lies and control for humanity, you need to be silenced, you need to be dealt with, you need to be held accountable. You need to be punished. No. No. How about how about no with that? How about a big no with a side of no? Thank you.
4: Missed a lot of things when I was away. You know, cancer, chemo, COVID, that kind of
1: a way. That kind of a way i'm here for astrazeneca uh, you, this is the one astrazeneca ad we're going to do
3: certainly miss my family being with them and i miss my friends making movies i love being alive man. man i almost lost it all my immune system was totally shot fortunately you don't have to wait around for the worst you can up your antibodies before COVID comes knocking
1: so again i mean you ask yourself is this the inversion of reality when we're talking about upping antibodies and that his immune system was shot before the hate and lies and pushing the hate and lies
4: because when your antibodies are up you can get
1: back to what you love, and then it tells you if you're immunocompromised, talk to your doctor about options for COVID-19 prevention, including a long-acting monoclonal antibody. All right. So, so they—I mean—they're I mean, warning you up the antibodies. This is AstraZeneca, part of the mRNA strategic collaboration with DARPA and the gang too. Make no doubt about it. So again, I I did play this one, I think, on the uncensored side. But here's the news. Again, all all celebrity. This isn't going away. They're pushing boosters on you, right? They're pushing these new revamped drugs. We talked about how they pushed remdesivir on you. Played that clip. In fact, I've got a great clip of Alicia Powell also with Red Voice Media uh, talking to uh, Kimberly Overton. Uh, one of the nurses who I actually did interview over at Making Sense of the Madness, talking about this protocol, talking about the remdesivir, talking about the murder. That's coming up. We're going to play that clip here as well.
4: If this were the real COVID-19, I would be in real trouble. No,
1: you wouldn't. Not if we were in reality. Again, you're in much more trouble if you continually inject hate and lies into your body, driven by the Defense Department. Okay, Pink? Because I have asthma. Oh. In fact, she has asthma, therefore, she would be on an inhaled steroid most of the time, which is very similar to budesonide that actually did help people. And in some cases was the silver bullet that you weren't allowed to talk about in the mainstream because it didn't make companies like Pfizer, who supposedly love you, a bunch of money. Oh, yeah, and it actually worked. And I have depression. So again, so you have depression. What does that have to do with COVID now? I mean, we're just throwing it at the wall, whatever. Just throw it at the wall. Boom, boom, boom. We'll say what we want. Boom. Doesn't matter. Boom. We'll just say what we want. I have
6: diabetes.
3: And I struggle with my weight. For us, COVID is a whole different ballgame.
4: In fact, you could be one of almost 200 million Americans with a high risk factor. That makes COVID even riskier.
3: Which is why you need to be ready.
1: So the depression guy, who's literally an Olympic athlete, nothing to worry about. Again, SNL is running gags, three-minute pieces, joking about getting COVID so they can be away from their friends and family and take a break. And how it's not serious. And they're laughing through the whole thing. You know, NBC is one of the worst of the worst. MSNBC, one of the worst of the worst pushing
3: this bullshit. And have a plan. Other risk factors, including heart disease or being inactive. Even being over 50 or being a smoker can put you at serious risk. Could that be you? Find out. Go to noplangood.com and know your risk factors. Then make a plan.
4: Because if you get COVID on top of asthma, like I did, the last thing you want to do is wait and see. Be ready. Have a plan.
1: Oh, drop it. Oh, drop. We're celebrities. Oh, drop it. What happened? What happened? When, when did any of this become okay? It's not okay with me. I'll tell you that right now. Not okay with this guy. How much is enough for you people? Seriously. You know, I, I I get it selling out and doing advertisements and commercials for products. But I guess as we discussed, you know, I think it was yesterday I was discussing what products are really sold on TV. I guess you got to just bend over for big pharma at this point. You know, one of the things I left out, I guess, uh, that are another commercials for is always like credit cards or credit apps or, you know, credit, credit, credit. Get to debt. That's also pushed constantly, constantly. All right. I want to play uh, these local commercials uh, because they're, you know, more of a Bernaysian overtone and fear mongering like this Westchester dot And it's all in, in conjunction with the government. Let's not fool ourselves. OK,
0: the science is clear. If you're 12 years old or older, you need to be up to date on your covid vaccinations.
1: So if you're 12 years old, we want to inject you as many times as been uh, as has been allowed by the uh, techno-fascist biomedical establishment. That's what we want. So in other words, if the FDA has approved it on behalf of Pfizer and Moderna and DARPA, we want to inject your kit as many times as possible. Let's bring it back. Bum, 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 bum. And we got the hazmat suits and everything going. This is Westchester County.
0: The science is clear, if you're 12 years old or older, you need to be up to date on your COVID vaccinations.
1: So this is be- just before they were like approving it for the five-year-olds and then the six-month-olds. They're really going.
0: And that includes a third shot. The benefits include milder symptoms if you do get COVID and no-
1: So again, you got a little kid, or I'm sorry, not a little kid, but it looks like a teenager, very well fit on a ventilator, imagination land. Not real. And even the gentleman next to him, Again, they got them on the oxygen. It's, it's, it's insanity. Insanity.
0: Quarantine if you are exposed. Stay out of the hospital. Listen to your doctor and stay up to date on your COVID vaccinations. Vaccinations keep you and your family safe. For more information and to schedule an appointment, go to westchestergov.com slash COVID.
1: I mean, they got the hazmat suit on, they got the goggles, they got the face shield over the goggles, after the mask, and the full suit. Fear, 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 scare, scare, scare. So here we go. Here's here's one for the kids.
3: That's such a great question. Why do you need
1: the mask? <laughs> I mean, wow. I'm wondering. So so let's first of all. Why does, is this safe for my kids? And you got three people in a mask asking this question. Wow. And this is Seattle and King County. This is their public health department.
3: If the vaccine is safe for my children, will there be any long-term effect? A lot of parents wanna know about safety of the vaccine for kids. That's your job, right? To make sure that your kids stay safe. What I appreciate about the development of the vaccine for kids is that they didn't just rush out and try to give it to kids once it was proven safe for adults. They went through all the extra work, took a bit of time, all the extra study to make sure that it was also safe for kids.
1: And these people just get to lie with impunity. None of that's true. None of that's true. These all are still under emergency use authorization. All right, The trial data shows it should have never been put on the human populace they damn well knew what they were doing with the mrna because they've been studying it for years with the defense department and we didn't go through anywhere near the real trial so now they're trying to fast track mrna for everything else and go beyond these trials this guy's full of shit.
3: he's a liar those steps and that process make me feel much better about its safety for kids and it's proven itself kids tolerate this vaccine really well
1: So, so far, he hasn't even talked about any of the long-term effects that he was asked about, by the way. I just want to say that that question has been totally subverted by this.
3: Do better than adults a lot of the time, especially our elders. So it's important to know not only that it's safe, but it's also really effective.
1: Safe and effective, safe and effective. I'll say it again. Safe and really effective. Months later, I'll say it again. Bernaysian talking points and lies hate and lies right here. This guy.
3: Parents often want to know about the potential for long-term effects. There have been a number of studies on different kinds of technologies that are similar to this, and we have really good information from that. I can say that the way that this vaccine passes through your body is a way in which there is not going to be some sort of leftover residual kind of chemical molecules or other things that is going to change The way your body chemistry works that's going to change your child's um, structural um, cells or anything like that this is really about stimulating the immune system and making sure that your immune system is ready for an exposure
1: just ridiculous everything about that was a ridiculous inversion of the truth period all right um again I've, I've played the justified woman talking about her father being murdered with remdesivir. Uh, I'm going to play this uh, Alicia Powell clip. Remember, you can find this over at redvoicemedia.com as well, especially if you are a premium member. You get all of her material, uh, which is pure gold wrapped in diamonds. And so here's a, a three minute clip of that discussion.
8: For the past two years, I've reported extensively on the murderous protocols hospitals across the nation have instituted since COVID began, in which COVID patients are admitted, they're given remdesivir, they're intubated, they're told that they died from COVID, but that's not really the case. Nurses across the country have sounded the alarm about how they're unwilling to continue to sit in the hospital and watch this murder take place and just go along with things while people are not dying from covid they're dying because they're being there's this i guess you could call it medical malpractice but it's beyond that the doctors and nurses are falling in line and 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 administering this remdesivir this intubation and basically killing people and there's just a select few courageous people nurses across the country doctors across the country who have been blowing the whistle and my next guest, Kimberly Overton, has been doing just that. In fact, Kimberly started her own network, remnantnurses.org, in which nurses who actually do want to uphold the Hippocratic Oath and do want to save lives have a place to go now. And Kimberly, thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about how, what, what led you to starting Remnant Nursing and what you were witnessing in the hospital in in 2020 and 2021.
7: Sure, well, thank you so much for having me, Alicia. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and share with you. Um, so I started the organization Nurse Freedom Network, and that was back in July of 2021. I'm a, a critical care nurse. I worked throughout the pandemic directly caring for COVID patients. Um, at that time, I worked 18 months at the bedside through uh, all of the chaos of COVID that began in March uh, March of 2020. And I started to become very uncomfortable with the protocols that we were using, specifically the remdesivir. So we know this medication is harmful. It's oftentimes deadly to patients. We know that it's nephrotoxic, meaning it's damaging to the kidneys. Now, interestingly, the World Health Organization actually recommended against the use of this medication because it was not effective against treating COVID-19. So because of that, I started to just be asking the question, um, why are we continuing to use this protocol and this medication that is really clearly doing more harm than good? And the bigger question, why is the government financially incentivizing its use? You know, and I couldn't continue especially knowing what I did, that I knew that there was early treatment available that was working the ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine. I knew that these therapeutics were available and to see the hospitals denying these life-saving medications, it was just too much for me to, to bear. I could not continue to watch my patients needlessly die. And I ended up leaving bedside nursing because of that. because they would continually tell us that covid was killing all of our patients but it's this is not the case It, it truly it's truly not the case um patients were dying of the complete and total medical mismanagement of covid
1: get the whole story on red voice media premium using the link below completely uncensored and ad free boom boom red voice media love you guys but that's the kind of material we're putting out there and that's a reality okay And then on top of that, they had these mandates for people like Kimberly and others that were completely unscientific, unethical, and unconstitutional. And I I am glad that Thomas Massey is speaking up. But before we go there, you know, I wanted to just point this out. Look, I, I don't love everything Alex Berenson does, but I think he's important because He is the ultra skeptic. He has won against Twitter. He has put out some real documents. All right. He was kind of critical of the Died Suddenly movie. Okay. But what he's showing you is that there have now been a million excess deaths in the mRNA countries in the last year. A million. Over time. Okay. Cumulative excess deaths. Just going through the roof. Going through the roof. What do you think that means? Hmm? What do you think that means? Weird, huh? And meanwhile, they want to mandate that MRNA. Okay? So let's play Massey, talking it up, not giving a what, and actually doing his job.
6: Now I'm
0: pleased to yield four minutes to another new member of the House Rules Committee, Mr. Massey of
2: Kentucky, to speak on the rule. You're recognized. Thank you very much. I rise in support of this resolution because it would facilitate the passage of HR 497, the Freedom for Healthcare Workers Act. What does that bill do? It ends the unscientific, illogical, immoral, unconstitutional, unethical vaccine mandate on healthcare workers that is predicated on lies. What are some of those lies? Let's start with the first one. The first lie The vaccine prevents spread. Who who says that it doesn't prevent spread? Is this an Internet conspiracy? Well, it's on the Internet, but it's the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, who said a year ago, what the vaccines can't do anymore is prevent transmission. Pfizer admitted they were not asked by regulators to assess whether their shots reduced transmission, nor did their trials measure whether the shots reduce transmission. What's the second lie that this mandate is predicated on? The vaccines don't cause any harm, can't cause any harm. They're safe, they're completely safe. You have nothing to worry about, no side effects, no adverse reactions. Who disputes that? Is it an internet conspiracy? It's the CDC website. Yes, it's on the internet. The CDC website acknowledges that the vaccines can cause myocarditis, pericarditis, blood clots, and even death. CDC and FDA recently announced they had identified a preliminary vaccine safety signal for persons 65 and older for the bivalent vaccine, that it it could increase their chance of stroke in the 21 days following vaccination with Pfizer's new bivalent vaccine. What's the third lie that this is predicated on, this vaccine mandate for healthcare workers? That it's scientific, that it makes sense. How does it make sense to require somebody to have two shots targeted at a, at a variant of the virus that is no longer circulating, to have two shots that wear off after eight months, two shots that were taken two years ago? The CDC acknowledges That those vaccines that are mandated, taken two years ago, have worn off by now. Why would you mandate them? What's the fourth lie that this vaccine mandate is predicated on? It ignores natural immunity. When the vaccines first came out, the CDC that said that the vaccine was, that the Pfizer trial showed that the vaccine was 92% efficacious for those who had already had COVID. Guess what? It showed no such thing. I called the CDC. They admitted to me it was wrong. They said they would fix the website. Here we are over two years later. They haven't fixed that lie on their website. They know it's a lie. I have them on a recording if anybody over there wants to hear it. Finally, who's liable for the damage that this could cause? Nobody's liable. We're living under medical malpractice, martial law right now under the PREP Act and the EUAs. Let me close with this. This and this this vaccine mandate affects nurses. 85% of nurses are female. And this Joe Biden's COVID vaccine mandate for healthcare workers has forced many from the workplace. Many of them quit nursing as a career, retired early, or didn't pursue it as a degree. This is the epitome of hypocrisy. Nobody in this room was mandated to take a vaccine. And we're voting on whether we're going to force people who want to take care of people, whether they have to take the vaccine. In the hypocrisy, none of us were mandated. None of the staff in this room were mandated to take the vaccine, end it now, support this rule.
1: Massey is the man. Everything he said there, just boom, 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 boom. I have him on recording, if you don't believe me. And, And Massey gets almost no coverage from really either side of the aisle. Like, he's on Tucker. I don't don't see he should be plastered all over Fox, plastered over Newsmax, plastered all over OAN. He is the man. He's the dude. That guy. Thomas Massey. I'm ashamed I wasn't more well aware of him before this. All right, we got a few more stories I want to hit on. Disney bows before Beijing. Simpsons episode that references forced labor camps where children make smartphones is axed from the streaming service in Hong Kong. Okay, so they'd already removed an episode referencing the 1989 Tiananmen Square crackdown, basically a joke saying that it hadn't occurred, erasing history. And now they're memory-holing more and more and more you're not allowed to make political commentary. Disney is one of the worst. It's scary. And, and people should realize Disney has deep ties with the Central Intelligence Agency. Oregon becomes the first Amer- uh, America's first death tourism destination, with one doctor death offering terminally ill people uh, from out of state a deadly cocktail of drugs in his assistant suicide clinic. This is the guy. Nicholas uh, Gideon East. Okay. Now this guy's also an advocate for magic mushroom therapy, but I got to tell you, I do not like this normalization and glamorization of euthanasia. Uh, We've seen this movement now for decades in the United States. It has actually taken hold via our neighbor to the North and expanded to people that are not, not physically in danger of dying, but simply want to kill themselves instead of getting that person mental or financial or economic help. No, no, no. It's euthanasia time. It's euthanasia time. Euthanasia time. Like what planet are we on? We're on a planet that has been taken, taken by a predator class coming in hot, trying to fast forward that new world order. On behalf of a transhumanist agenda, the end of humanity sounds like science fiction, not science fiction, factual. One of the reasons uh, I follow Annie Jacobson is because I think that she is one of the um, best nonfiction uh, authors and uh, historians of our era. I think that her stuff is essential, essential, essential. And she says here, I write about national security, not politics. An 80-plus-year-old president of the United States is a national security risk. And there's this New York Times opinion piece out there. It's, it's again, cartoon level because the New York Times is, in fact, cartoon level. Biden's a great president. He shouldn't run again. It's exactly what we've been saying here, is that this whole classified document scandal is a way to try to get him out of office, Period and not acknowledge that he has dementia and say stupid things like Biden's a great president. When anybody who's paying attention, even in the slightest bit, realizes he runs nothing, realize that he was in, installed poopy pants, zombie J puppet installed, all right? He doesn't know where he is a lot of the time. He doesn't run the country, but what we're running to as a society is a forever war um norway plans seven billion in aid to ukraine over five years uh my friend the last american vagabond aka ryan christian has pointed out over five years huh guess this is the new forever war indeed and uh this clip here i'm not gonna play it uh because it's not in english and i'd have to read through the captions but former israeli prime minister says that the western leaders blocked ukraine and russia peace deal which he ne- negotiated on Zelensky's request in March because they wanted to continue to strike Putin. He says uh, there was a good chance of such a deal. So Western forces and powers want this thing. They need this thing. We're talking about the beginning of the conflict. There was almost a deal for peace. No, hell no. Uh-uh, not going to happen, Cap'n. It's grotesque. It's disturbing. It's disgusting. Oh, so we're on the tail end of the broadcast. I guess I'll give you a little reality rant to end this one, folks. The fact of the matter is that right now we are being hit at all angles. We are being hit biologically. We are being hit psychologically. We have normalized a society that is now supposed to worship and accept decadence in in the guise of diversity, but at the same time, bend the knee to sustainability and equity. In other words, our standard of living going down, but it's okay because at the same time, you'll be able to indulge in more depravity. And that depravity will be escalated, okay? It will be the new status symbol. And that's what all this is. It's it's about getting you detached from your communities, your biology, your spirituality, bombarding you, just bombarding you with things that don't make sense as real economic Crises happen and deplete you of your wealth. Okay. And then you have these biological and soon climate crises that are happening that are going to deprive you of your autonomy and your freedoms. And when you have these big events, they go full throttle, full force, boom, boom, boom down the line. And I've talked about this a number of times uh, in my films, which I don't think that I talk about enough here on the program, even though we're live four days a week. I don't think you can really understand where we're at or where we're going if you don't understand 9-11. And that is why Loose Change, Final Cut, and Fabled Enemies are extremely important to this day. That's why they're free. That's why I need you to watch them and share them. You need a documentary film that exposes a lot of the physical anomalies. Okay. Loose change, final cut. I don't know that there's a finer production out there that does that. You want to get around the physical anomalies. You want to talk about the backstory. You want to talk about the intelligence agencies. You want to talk about the war games. You want to talk about the Saudi Arabian, the Israeli, and the Pakistani involvement. Okay. That's why we made Fabled Enemies. You want to see the poopy pants puppet in chief back in the day before he was Zombie Jay and he was gangster style, big dink swinging, Joey B, Joe Biden, twice talking about meeting with one of the money masters of 9-11. Like, oh, get a life, get a life. That's fabled enemies. Please check that out. And then you want the bigger picture. All right. Invisible empire, a new world order defined really a history on the term new world order the collectivist ideal set behind it, the organizations that have been built up around it, the roundtable groups behind the scenes that control it, and where they would like to continually take us, Invisible Empire, New World Order Defined. And then Shade the Motion Picture, maybe my most important film, my shortest film, you don't have to hear me talking all the time, where we talk about Not only that power structure, that predator class, the Bilderberg group in particular in the beginning, to let people get a grasp on that, but geoengineering, bioengineering, and the fact that this predator class does have a transhumanist agenda in line for the rest of us. That's the reality. Guys, I absolutely love you. I hope that you're sharing the links. If you're listening over at uh, Podbean, I hope that you're letting people know, hey, you got to get this podcast. It's out there. If you're watching on the premium, I hope that you're even sharing uh, the premium that goes free a couple weeks later with your friends. Say, hey, you're missing out. You need to get over here. It's only 10 bucks a month. So without you guys, I couldn't do it. I love you. It is not about left or right. It is always about right and wrong. And I will see you on the flip side.